0: Welcome to Medicare for All Explained. This podcast will enlighten our listeners and dispel the distortions that surround Medicare for All. Medicare for All Explained is produced in collaboration with Physicians for a National Health Program and is hosted and produced by Joe Sparks. I'm your host, Joe Sparks. This is episode 49, A local resolution supporting Medicare for All. My guest, Holly Hatcher, is a registered nurse in Madison, Wisconsin and is a Dane County Board Supervisor. She is a mother, grandmother, activist, and Medicare for All advocate. Ms. Hatcher was instrumental in passing a local resolution in Dane County that supported Medicare for All and was approved on January 7th, of this year. Ms. Holly Hatcher, welcome to Medicare for All Explained.
1: Thanks for inviting me, Joe. I'm glad to be here.
0: Well, thank you for being on the show. We're going to discuss why you wanted to pass a local resolution supporting Medicare for All, and we will get to that. But first, I'd like to ask What led you to support Medicare for All and what made you decide to become a nurse? You can take those in any order you want.
1: Okay, I think I'll start with um, what made me decide to become a nurse. This was a lifelong dream of mine that may sound corny, uh, but it's true. And my mother was my inspiration. Uh, My mom went to nursing school in the mid-1950s but was expelled during her last semester in school uh, because she left one weekend to travel out of town to meet my father's parents. Apparently, that was strictly forbidden then. Anyway, as a young girl, I dreamt of being a nurse and helping others. I think I probably wanted to follow in my mom's unfulfilled dream. So the story goes that as a young girl, I once packed a suitcase to take to an appointment at our pediatrician's office and insisted that he let me stay with him so I could learn to be his (laughs) nurse. It wasn't until I was going through a divorce that I finally started pursuing my dream. I worked my way through nursing school working as a bartender while I was raising my two kids as a single mom. And I graduated uh, at the age of 40 and I'm incredibly proud of that accomplishment. I do believe that these real-life struggles had an impact on my ability to have empathy and understanding of others' struggles and to have compassion and be better able to care for others as a nurse. Uh, I became a nurse because I wanted to take care of others, and I believe my most important responsibility as a nurse is to advocate for my patients. And I take this responsibility very seriously, so therefore, I support Medicare for all uh because it gives everyone access to quality health care, and I believe that is a right, not a privilege.
0: I have a question, uh-huh, so you didn't just go right out of school to being a nurse; you had a life before that. Could you describe a little bit what happened? and how you were finally able to become a nurse?
1: Yes. I, I took many um, avenues uh, before that time in my life. I At one time, I worked as a meter reader for Pitney Bowes. I worked in restaurants. Uh, then I got into healthcare on the business side. I worked at a hospital in a business office, and it was um, from there – I managed a hospice office and learned about the business side of healthcare. And it was at that point in my life when I was going through my divorce that I decided to make the leap and go back to school.
0: And while you were in nursing school, did you say you were working as a bartender? Yes. The reason I mention that is I find it more impressive that you went through all that and still managed to fulfill your dream.
1: Aw, thank you. It was quite a long road to to get there.
0: Now, the other thing you said is that you believe everybody should have access to health care, and that's a right. Were there any experiences that caused you to believe that? are to become a supporter of Medicare for All?
1: Oh my gosh, yeah. I have many, many experiences I could speak to that led me to support Medicare for All. Really, it's a labor of love for me. Last May, um, my brother Will died suddenly at home. He was alone in his apartment. He had just turned 62. And Will hadn't been to the doctor in years because he didn't have the money to go. He worked mostly at minimum wage jobs and really just didn't have the money to go to the doctor. As long as he continued to work, he wasn't eligible for any medical assistance. And he used to always say to me, oh, I'm waiting to get Medicare so I can take care of my health needs. Well, he didn't make it. And even though he was a U.S. Navy veteran, served for over 10 years, he still was not able to have access to health care. I have another brother who, as a young man, was a self employed carpenter. He also worked really hard and also never went to the doctor because he didn't have insurance or money. And he called me one day and said, I think I have diabetes. And he had seen something on TV about the symptoms of diabetes. So at age 29, he basically diagnosed himself with type 1 diabetes. Then subsequently spent years trying to pay off huge accumulations of medical debt. Working full-time as a carpenter wasn't enough to simply be able to pay for his life-sustaining insulin and diabetes supplies. And. His nightmare, unfortunately, didn't end there. Several years later, he was diagnosed with stage 4 rectal cancer and lived in Texas at the time and wasn't able to find a doctor who would even see him because he didn't have insurance. So he basically had to seek care through emergency rooms. Um, Benny was denied the surgery and cancer treatment until he secured some kind of health coverage. So this was like an ongoing nightmare. He did eventually get on Texas Medicaid because he was too sick to work and all, and then he became homeless. And over time with all of these multiple serious medical conditions, um, he then became disabled and even then it took us 2 years to secure disability for him and that was only with the help of an attorney so those are a couple of my personal experiences that led me to see how broken our healthcare system is
0: well let me express my condolences on the loss of your brother thank you i, I am sorry to hear that and When I hear stories like this, it just makes me so angry. There is no need for it. But we'll put that aside for the moment and continue. So did you have patients tell you similar stories of struggles when you were a nurse?
1: Yes. I I hear these struggles every day, to be honest with you, and, and to different degrees. Uh, there was a period of time uh, in my nursing career where I was an oncology nurse, and um, I can tell you that many times patients were not getting care that they needed or weren't taking medications they needed because they didn't have good insurance coverage. And obviously, this led to negative outcomes for the patients. And that was a very common scenario. In the work that I do now, I hear every day from patients where they're not able to either get medications, medical supplies, or need a treatment because of inadequate coverage. So that's something that I hear about all the time. I I have another example where a patient had worked for the same employer for 20 years and uh, she was in her, I think she was 49 and she was diagnosed with ovarian cancer and her employer let her go from her job. So she lost her health coverage. She lost her income and literally had to sell her house to get the coverage, to get the money for the health treatment she needed. It's just, yeah, there's so many sad stories like that.
0: Well, just to emphasize a point, in my experience doing this podcast, I am sorry to say that stories like that are not atypical. I wish they were, but they're not. Well, this question may be somewhat redundant, but I'm going to ask it anyway. What caused you to become politically active? Because you are a supervisor for Dane County, Wisconsin, as I mentioned in the
1: introduction. Well, um, it's a good story. After the 2016 election, I was determined to become more politically active. And I realized that voting, marching, and protesting really wasn't enough. So I made a vow to myself to get more involved. One of the things I started doing was attending an event uh, that Wisconsin Nurses Association sponsors every year called Nurses Day at the Capitol. And basically, this event is where nurses can go and learn about the importance of nurses becoming involved in policy making and, and learning about lobbying. So I learned a lot through this event, and it was basically through that event that I learned that nurses can and should influence practice standards and processes to assure quality of care. Um, and it was through that event that I met Representative Diane Hesselbein, who is the Assistant Minority Leader um, and my Assembly District Representative. Um, I met her while lobbying at the Capitol, and she kept saying to me, I'm going to find a job for you. And it was through that connection that later Diane um appointed me to represent our district on the Dane County Dems Executive Board. And it was also through that connection that I was later nominated for a program called Emerge which is a nationwide political organization that trains Democratic women to run for office. Um, And then through those connections, I met my former um, county board supervisor, Sharon Corrigan, who encouraged me to uh, run. So in 2020, when she retired, I decided to run for her seat on the county board.
0: And you won.
1: And I won by 74% of the vote. (laughs) Yes.
0: Did that surprise you that you won by such a high margin?
1: Yes, it did. Um, Why is that? Well, I don't really know why I won by that margin, but I do think being a nurse in the midst of a pandemic had something to do with that. Because the election was in April of last year, um, and there was an awful lot going on around us during that time. And I do think that did have some impact, although it also impacted my ability to campaign the way I had wanted to, because I couldn't go door to door. Um, So it changed how campaigning looked for everyone as well.
0: And so did you... Make calls instead? Have people make calls to to campaign? Yes.
1: And I and I invested money in things like mailers and you know, campaign literature and calls and networking with people in my district. So yeah. It was an interesting time to be running a campaign. <laughs> and my first time ever. So well, yeah.
0: Well you learned quickly. Um, yes. So one of the things that you did is you were instrumental in getting a resolution passed to support Medicare for All, or the Medicare for All Acts that were in the last Congress, the 116th Congress. Why did you (laughs) feel it was important to do that at the local level?
1: Well, um, a lot of reasons for that. Um, it was really important to me because it was my first ever resolution that I introduced on the county board, um, and it, it's something very important to me. Uh, so that was meaningful. I, I think there's a lot of reasons local government should support this. Number one, it signals our support and encourages our state legislators to act on it. I think it also educates and informs our constituents who can then become activists in the movement. It can influence public opinion, uh, helps build momentum and knowledge. I think overall it's in the county's best interest to have a healthier population. And every person in our county deserves to have high quality healthcare. Um, it helps free up money for infrastructure. It lessens the fiscal burden on local government um, because local government often deal with, most directly with the consequences of unaffordable and fragmented health insurance systems. And also rising health care costs can drain local government budgets of the resources we need to rebuild and renovate and restore the vitality of our communities, I think uh, just signaling the county support encourages our legislative lobbyists to advocate for the enactment of this bill.
0: I think you bring up an important point. Well, several important points. One of the things you said is having a healthier population, and obviously that has advantages, but I don't think people hear enough how, if we had a national Medicare for all system, that would free up resources for state and local governments to do other things, to put more into education or, as you said, infrastructure or other priorities. And right. it's not just that the local governments are spending our state governments for Medicaid or other public health priorities, it's also Local school boards have to provide health insurance for their employees. That costs a lot of money. The local and state governments are providing health insurance for their employees, at least I hope so. That also costs a lot of money. So it would free up tremendous amount of resources if we had Medicare for all at the national level. Yeah. I know we at least touched on this, but... How do you think that Medicare for All would help individuals and families? What do you see as important about that to you?
1: Oh, there's so many reasons I think it's important. As a nurse, uh, I support Medicare for All because of the innumerable, avoidable medical crises that I find myself confronting every day. It doesn't seem right that crucial medical decisions are being made by businessmen whose primary goal is to make a profit. Our for-profit, private and employer-based healthcare system has proven to be expensive, inefficient, and leaves millions of people without healthcare. The motives of for-profit healthcare industries, including hospitals, pharmaceuticals, and insurance, are incompatible with those of healthcare itself. I don't think people realize how much money it actually would save in taxpayer dollars that are currently being spent on health insurance. I don't think people realize that because a lot of people, their first response to me is, how will we pay for this? And everything that I've seen and read shows that it actually would save a lot of money and be less costly in the long run.
0: That is certainly true. And as I tell people, the question isn't how would we pay for Medicare for all? There have been plenty of studies that show that we can do that. The question is, how can we afford our current health care system? And what people don't realize, the answer to that question is, we can't.
1: Right. Right. Another point that I'd like to bring up is, uh, the glaring reality of healthcare disparities in our communities of color. I know in Wisconsin, people of color have been hospitalized at higher rates due to COVID and suffer death rates at alarmingly higher than would be predicted for their population sizes. And I believe that Medicare for all would help us to achieve healthcare equality which is, you know, super important. And in the midst of the pandemic with millions of people newly unemployed, um, losing their health insurance, and millions of others who were uninsured before the pandemic even started are at risk for financial catastrophe if they become ill. And then they're hit not only with the enormous medical bills, but loss of income because they're not able to work for extended periods of time due to the long-lasting effects of the illness. And I'm seeing that a lot in my nursing practice. I'm talking to a lot of people who are um, suffering long-term effects from COVID.
0: Yes. um, There's been studies that some people do suffer long-term effects, and I know many doctors are concerned about that. I have also talked to several doctors who are very concerned about the racial inequities in healthcare. And what they say is they consider Medicare for All a necessary step to achieve Racial equity in healthcare. They say that alone Mm -hmm. won't do it. There are other things that need to be done, but without it, they don't see how it will be achieved.
1: And I would completely agree with that. Before we end,
0: I'd like to know if there's anything that you would like to add.
1: Yes, thank you. So I've seen patients rationing their insulin to stay alive families that can't afford medications their kids need, families that have to choose between facing homelessness or caring for their children. As a nurse, every day I see the painful toll that our current for-profit health insurance system is taking on our patients. And the fight for Medicare for All, really for nurses, is not just fueled by data or popular opinion, but by basic humanity. We've made an oath to protect our patients, and we can never be quiet or accept the ongoing idea that now is not the right time when we have seen with our own eyes members of our community suffer and die unnecessarily. It's time for us to have Medicare for All, and a single-payer health care system that would end health disparities, control costs, and assure that everyone has equal access to an excellent standard of care for basic humanity indeed.
0: Well, I think that was a very elegant statement of why we need Medicare for all. And sometimes, as an activist, I sometimes get lost in the weeds but I just love that statement. It's a matter of basic humanity. Holly, thank you so much for being on Medicare for All Explained.
1: Thank you, Joe.
0: You have been listening to Medicare for All Explained. Information about this podcast can be found at our website, medicareforallexplained.org. The music for this show is Super Bubbly by Jesse Spillane. The logo was created by Lily Sparks. Thank you for listening.